Welcome to Awaken Life Radio, a podcast about being a spiritual being, having a human experience in a world gone mad. Each week, we will discuss how you can heal yourself, cultivate your intuitive superpowers, and be a sacred vessel for planetary healing. I am your host, Narayani Gaya. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Awaken Life Radio. I am here with my beloved Sierra, Sierra Felicidad, a woman of many names and many talents. And she, she's kind of like a niece. She's kind of like my spiritual niece. We haven't done it officially, but that's kind of pretty much what we are. And also like a little sister too, and also uh, uh, an angel friend. Hey, Sierra, thanks for being here with me today. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm (laughs) happy to be here. (laughs) Yay! I get blissed out when I do these interviews with people that I love. And so sometimes like we giggle awkwardly and we, you know, we just, we show up, um, for me, it's like we're showing up in a continuation of the conversations that we've been having for years, and we're inviting people into our conversation with the intention to inspire them and to help them on their spiritual journey, you know? And Awaken Life Radio is really about helping people ultimately live their purpose, following their intuition, and getting in the flow with life. And I feel like, and healing and self-healing, like those are the main things that, that Awaken Life Radio is about. And I feel like your book, The Seventh Fire Turns to Water, really covers so many of the themes that are important to living a spiritual life in this time and beyond. So for you guys who don't know Sierra, you are in for such a treat today because we are going to be talking about the seventh generation prophecy. We're going to be sharing about some of our own journeys and we're going to be offering you an invitation to really um, discover ways that you can stay um, on your spiritual journey in a way that is related to the timeline of your existence. And when I was reading this book, I was experiencing the multidimensionality of the teachings that you offer. And so I'm really curious and excited. I'm looking at the subtitle for the book right now, and I wish you guys could see the cover, but we absolutely, you know, we'll be posting a link so you can, you can check it out. Um, So beautiful, but it's the language of the heart. I just saw that pop out. So let's get into it. So Sierra, tell me, I mean, you know, the question is, why did you write this book? This book is like a, it's like a little Bibleita over here without all the Christian dogma. What was it that um, inspired your beautiful heart to bring in this book? And tell us a little what the book is about. So the inspiration definitely comes from the the Aina, the the Maui rainforest, the Hana rainforest, and it was something that I was called to do uh, 
called Envision. I actually talk about uh, the process of the vision and how it came upon to be when I was taking a nap and I was shown uh, the trumpets at the end of bird's beaks and a leaf that was stopped in midair. Mm-hmm. And my right hand went on fire. And I felt the fire so hot in my right hand that I had to put my, my palms to the earth. And the fire felt as hot as lava rocks. And with that fire and with the earth speaking and with the Aina speaking, she said, the humility that you remember, the power that you remember, the mana that you remember is allowance, is humility, is receiving. So Mm -hmm. with that, came the inspiration and i just felt like it was energetic when this happened and there was no other choice but for me to write Mm -hmm. like a ceremony for four days and four nights and the lightnings and the thunders and the rains were coming and coming and cleansing and there was a lot of dancing in between and i just felt like stepping into the sacred responsibility for myself to receive the gifts that creator wanted to show me and that have been shown to me that I may have been shy to open to. Mm -hmm. And it was a really interesting (laughs) scenario and like the, the realm of events that happened, the, the leading events that happened to this awakening within myself, uh, was traumatic and was, uh, very intense to experience. Um, Mm-hmm. And the things that we go through mm-hmm. to open our ourselves and our hearts to our own medicine is uh, it could be hard, it could be difficult, what we know to be difficult or bad or good or bad. But it could be a lot of surrendering can happen. And mm-hmm. that surrendering is a process, that surrendering is a gift. Mm-hmm. even if it comes with uh, the depths of duality and like to honor the depths of duality within that. And the people that I was around, I was with my auntie and my cousin and loved ones and family. And we were staying in the jungle of the Hana rainforest and, and she, my auntie lives out there. And the people that I was around, it wasn't really the environment of like a retreat or people weren't really, you know, in their spirituality, there was a lot of um, weed smoking, you know, which is spiritual, but. So you weren't uh, actually in ceremony, but you were in your personal prayer process. You weren't in like an organized ceremony, but you were in your own ceremony. Exactly. Uh uh Without me being aware of it, really. And uh, I had the choice actually to come back home to California or go to, to Maui. And this this call uh, happened two weeks before COVID hit the state. So I had really no idea what was really happening mm. in the, the way, the realm of transformation for the planet. Um, but I chose to go to Maui and I felt the call and I felt like the love, the safe bet would have been coming home to California and, you know, seeing the people that I wanted to see, but I chose to step out of my comfort zone because the offering was there. Mm-hmm. And so Great. With that offering, I say thank you. <laughs> Yay. 
Awesome. Thank you for the, the, the specifics. I enjoyed reading that in the book as well. Um, can you share with people your ancestry? I think that's important, especially when we're talking about Native teachings. Okay. My name is Sierra Apaniwa Felicidad, and I am 24 uh, in this life, right? I am Blackfoot, Filipina, French, and German, so I'm a mixed blood. I have <laughs> I have a mixed lineage, and unfortunately, because of the shame of heritage that is pressed upon all of us uh, to some extent, right? I have yet to relate to my ancestry in this life of the Blackfoot um, because there was lack of connection. My grandfather left his tribe um, at a really young age to join the army. He was involved in the Japanese occupation. He was an army sergeant. And he met my grandmother from the Philippines um, in Okinawa, Japan, where my dad was born. And uh, I hold close my, my Lola and her teachings of the, the Philippines. Um, and that's the closest thing I have to my indigenous heritage. Um, and when I was able to participate in Nakota Native Ceremony, it was awakening um, that, that fire within my, my DNA of the Blackfoot. And when I went into the, the first ceremony I ever went to, I knew the songs already. And I don't know how. And what my Lakota and Nakota, Dakota relatives tell me that the Blackfoot are our cousins and mm -hmm. we carry the same ceremonies as they as well. But to some extent, they're all very unique and beautiful. But I started this red road when I was 19 and have been on it for, I get, yeah, five years now. And I come in gratitude, in neutrality, in harmony. And I come to awaken the seventh generational prophecy within the heart of unity, within the heart of the people. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and this book is a testimony to that. I read this and it reminded me of these books from the 90s, like Palladian Agenda and these books that are just channeled with messages of rich spiritual realization. Like I shared with you pre-interview, you know, I've spent years on the spiritual journey and, um, you know, studying and praying and, um, and, you know, I'm writing my own book right now. And it reminded me of this thing that my editor told me, which was, I wrote like an opening sentence and it just kind of went into the whole book. And she goes, you need to let that breathe. Like that one sentence is so powerful. I was like, oh, it is. And, I, I continue to try to write and I am writing in a way where it, where it really speaks from the heart. And what happens I find, find is that when the writing speak from the heart, it can land like, a, it could feel like a poetic expression. And that's what this book was like for me when reading it. Like it is a poetic expression of the heart and, and there's this density and this richness. And I had to stop and just read over sentences, even though I, I feel like I get you and I and I know these most of these teachings because we've walked a similar path and 
you know, I connect to native culture, but still the uniqueness. So I, I say this because if anybody, you know, is like, oh yeah, native path or whatever, like this is a unique expression that is so packed with wisdom and is woven with um, just this beautiful thread of um, both instruction and insight that I think is going to land uniquely and differently for each person who reads it based on what they need. Their things are going to like kind of gloss over and be like, whoa, whatever. And then there are going to be things that pop out. Can you speak about like your intention, like what kind of effect do you want this book to have in the world? Like, why did you write it in that sense? I, I, you shared some great story about, you know, how it came to you and the the vision and the energies of your awakening that that <laughs> pushed you to to create it. Can you speak about the impact or the effect that you'd like this book to have, and and who it's for? This this book is for all races, all ages, all cultures. Um, like I said, it's it's really about unity. The intention uh, when writing it that kept coming through when writing it was to create a universal understanding of our heartbeat, our Mother Earth's heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So it's for all Earth's children, all Earth's gatekeepers, mm-hmm. all Earth's guardians of the the world. And the intention goes along with the vision of us coming together in full circle again. And it quotes about uh, Chief Crazy Horse and his vision and his prophecy about seeing all nations coming together in a full Mm -hmm. circle again around the tree of life. And ultimately it is to create unity within and without so we could see that flourish and understand you know, our placement in this moment and understanding that is a ripple effect for the next generations to come. And so it is to normalize the way of spirit again. Mm. Mm. Right. That's so good. I'm remembering going to Crazy Horse Mountain with my beloved chief, Elkman, who obviously, you know, is one of your spiritual elders on the other side. and he's mentioned in the book. So I say that. So you guys will see, see my beloved mentioned. And we went to Crazy Horse Mountain. That was, um, it's about, gosh, it's about six weeks before his transition. And we were going through all of the, have you been there to Crazy Horse Mountain? No. Girl, girl, you gotta go. Crazy Horse is like, you know, he's he's chiseled into the mountain and the project is like a multi-generational project and all this native art and regalia and teachings are in this huge gallery. And actually one of his nephews was like performing that day, like a two, five and eight or whatever with the kids and doing this beautiful song and offering. And he's like, hey, that's my nephew. Like we went and like talked with them and they were like <laughs> dancing and like, doing this family show and there was so much and they had this great little ice cream shop anyway but there's like amazing history crazy horse um crazy horse was and and forever is this powerful guide he still comes into ceremony 
Can you speak about some of the spiritual guides that um, some of the messages of kind of spirituality that you feel like are universal that are missing from from our worlds? Because we know that religion has really indoctrinated and like colonized and separated us from spirit in a lot of ways. I love in your book how you talk about the power struggles and like there was this really juicy piece around like how sovereignty really keeps us from, you know, being, um, being in the native way of like co-creative honoring because it's this, it still has a separation piece. That was a, that was a really beautiful insight. And your book like layers insight. Like I almost feel like you're going through, like you had an insight and then you had like another insight and then you like, it's almost like you're working it out a little bit in the book and it just keeps (laughs) developing and like the reader, it develops with you. And the teachings of connecting to the spiritual world, the way that they're universal and the way that unity is a solution to the power struggle and how we've lost our power was so beautiful. Can you speak about how people can connect spiritually if they're not on a religious path or even if they don't have native blood? And we know there's a lot with like coming with respect and people need to read the book to get like everything. But how people who, because a lot of people are drawn to native culture these days because we're so hungry for truth, love, and connection. And I think there's also a call for karmic balance. But can you speak about how people aren't Native can can connect to being on an authentic spiritual path in their way because the teachings are universally available and how this ties in to the prophecy from which you speak? Sometimes we can see spiritual practices or spiritual guidance or spirit in general as something separate from us that we need to search for. But in reality, these elements, these breathing elements, spiritual elements are within our body, within our heart, within our mind, and within our perception of the earth's glory all around us. The number one spirit that is multidimensional, that is always with us and always present and always waiting to hear our call and our love and our our cry is our mother our mother earth is the ultimate guider guidance and the ultimate you know spirit guide that we can ask for and it is always present and we could just go out there in the physical and touch the dirt and put our feet to the dirt and communicate Mm -hmm. communicate to the plants communicate to the sky, our father's sky, all these elements around us are our relatives. Mm-hmm. And when we tap into the earth's heartbeat in that way, we understand that it is a very otherworldly experience because she is multidimensional. We are a hurtling rock in space. We are extraterrestrial in this human body. And we have to remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I love one of the things that, you know, Chief and I used to bring because we started the school before he transitioned, right? So we were training leaders and he would say, just, you know, offer tobacco, just go outside. Just, just everybody can do it. I remember one time I, my brother drove us by the house we grew up in, which is in New York state. And I was like, oh gosh, I, I never did an offering to that land. I lived there for 18 years. I didn't know that then. I didn't know about offering to the land, saying a prayer. But I had some Tulsi tea, in, and I didn't have tobacco at the time. 
at that moment, I had some Tulsi tea in my purse, <laughs> like a tea bag, because I had been traveling. And it offered this Tulsi, this Tulsi herb to like the mailbox and gave thanks to the ancestors of that land. And about a week later, I had a dream about my grandpa. And so who came was actually my ancestors. And he helped me through a situation. And it was the first dream I had of him within. He had passed about two years before. Within two years, I think it was more like a year and a half. And it was the first dream where he ever came. And actually the only one that I ever had where he gave me this message. I was working through something with a, a, a man who was in my um, circle that I was I was leading a group through some embodied meditation training. And, and I was having a hard time with this power dynamic with this guy who was kind of playing control and power and trying to hit on one of the women in the group. And it was a very difficult situation to stay in leadership. And my whole nervous system was, I, I felt like a rekindling of some, my own trauma. And my grandpa came to me with these weird eyebrows and my grandma was, they looked really otherworldly. Like it was like, I knew it was them and everything, but in the morning I was like, really? That was like, did they get waxed? Like it was totally trippy anyway. But, um, and he gave me this message and like honored me. And I know that wouldn't have happened if I didn't make that offering with the herb, thanking my ancestors for all the medicine that I had. So I just want to add that for those of you who haven't done any native, quote unquote, native traditions, but want to connect, that you could connect on your own. You could take your own herbs and say prayers and, and connect that way. And, and I feel like this is, um, it's so simple, right? It's so simple. It's like right there. But for some reason, we think we have to go to other people for us to connect to spirit. Can you speak about some of your own journey with really reclaiming your own connection to spirit, if you would? Because I think that would help to really get a sense of some story and also like why you feel like we're not connected in that way. Why don't we know that? It seems like it's our birthright. Yeah. Yes. To go and reflect back on the element elemental ancestors that live inside of us you know uh, the water lives in you the air lives in you the earth you are made of the earth it is her who we are and her who we become Mm -hmm. and so the connection to spirit really starts i believe at the core foundation of our roots and our the soil that we walk upon Because we are here to experience our mother. We are here to experience her love and her compassion and her comfort that she holds so effortlessly. And the spiritual guidance, I suppose, has to come from within the silence. Because the silence will teach us the silence of the mind, the body, the heart, the spirit, but also the silence within the cells of the body and just the silent movement, which has movement in itself because there is a sequence in the stars. And in that sequence, there is movement, even if we cannot see it, even if we cannot comprehend it, we honor that movement that is in the, the stillness. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I found in my own life that stillness and that quiet is really where the healing happens and in my practice as well. Yesterday I was I was by the beach. I had an older friend having a little gathering in these motors, and I was with a sister who's very conscious. And anyway, these motorcycles drove by, and it was so loud. And she's like, and she wears some hearing aid. And she's like, why do they realize that that's like an explosion in my head? Like, why do they have to, like, it was so invasive. And I thought, oh, that's, a, why do they do that? Right? Why are people like, from, from? Right? <laughs> like why are they doing that for help and I thought of like when when life is really loud like when my thoughts are really loud and like with alcohol you know when people are drinking a lot and they're at like a bar and everyone's screaming and the music is loud have you ever noticed that vibe it doesn't happen that much here in Santa Cruz but it happens it's a scene you and I have been out of for a very long time but like people get, when their thoughts are so loud, there's so much noise. And when I look at those communities, I see those are the a lot of people that struggle with living from their intuition. When I see people that are really peaceful, there's an integrity and a congruency and often a vitality. But there's also could be a silence that could be really empty. Mm where there's depression and there's nothingness. And I feel like if there's no prayer into that space, there's a missing of an opportunity to see what wants to be born. And that there's a balance between being like silent every day, all day and alone and on a mountaintop and being creative in the world. Can you speak of how yeah. you how you find balance between your personal relationship with spirit and relating with others in the world and getting in a flow, a creative flow of giving? Could you speak in the book about like receiving? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I feel like you you stand for offering and prayer, which is giving. Can you speak about that balance that you found or that maybe you're finding that can help people to, you know, balance both going in and going out um, in this time and moving forward um, as we, you know, birth and rebirth this world together, how to, how to find that balance and maybe anything you've learned about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to give... (laughs) is to receive and to receive is to give. And so it comes Mm in fluidity in that, in that way. And the balance is something that I'm personally still learning for myself because the integration and like the silent, like you were saying, the silent person on the the mountain is really easy for me to walk in and like, like integrate in and, and be in. And so uh, through different circumstances that I've been through, I've been called to come back almost to my understanding of what it means to be human again, uh, what it means to really cultivate the energy that like is grown within that silence into the noisy world and making the medicine relatable that lives through, relatable to the normal person, the, the average person. <laughs> the average person right like the normal 
the average uh, person. There's like a term for it in Lakota um, that I'm just like a, a common man. So we have to make our medicine relatable to the common man because even though we have these spiritual experiences that are multidimensional and layered and beautiful, it's like I've come to the realization that maybe I'm supposed to experience that in this life, but maybe I'm all, the true test and the true medicine lies within relating that and making that medicine relatable and, and grounding that realization of the spirit into the physical. And how does one do that? We have to just continuously be open and expansive. Yeah. We have to stay open because that is the true test of this life, you know? Yeah. No matter the circumstances that we go through. Be open to be open in the presence of different kinds of people and circumstances. Yes. To ground your insights from the mountain. <laughs> like yes. uh, I love you spoke about water and I I agree. You and I we had dinner like I don't know a month ago or something we were talking a lot about integration. Remember we were talking about integration and integration. <laughs> It just reminds me of that, like the the power of integration. And um, I feel like a lot of people that I love to mentor and help or deal with that. And maybe that's because I have gone through that. And that's where having friends and mentors and community can be really helpful, I found, you know, and elders. Because we ground each other, especially when we feel safe. You know, like if I feel safe with you, I can relax. And if I relax, I'm grounded. Mm. But yeah, that's, I think that that's definitely the big work. I have a a friend who I recently ran into who's trying to get pregnant. And I know you're a doula too. Yay. Yay, yay, yay (laughs) for helping bring in the new paradigm of babyhood. Um, and she's very spiritual, you know, and she was like, she's in her forties and she wants to get pregnant for the first time. And she's like, I know it'll happen at the right time. And I can hear her. She's like talking out of her body and she's like talking. She's like, it'll happen at the right time. And I'm looking at her energetically and it's like up here. And I'm like, yeah, it'll happen at the right time. And have you worked with your womb? And she's just like, oh, like she's in this great love relationship. She's like totally <laughs> in love with her boyfriend. Like, so one she's waited for her whole life and they're crazy in love and they want to have a, he wants to have a, his fourth baby and she's ready and she wants to do it. And so I was recommending she find out about teas and, you know, start to connect her heart and her woman, like drop it in, drop in. And I found <laughs> that as somebody who enjoyed, you know, psychedelic journeys in my 20s and ceremony and ways of prayer and a lot of meditation that my healing came in the last 25 years of like dropping in, like literally grounding all day, like all day I'm, I'm grounding that energy. And there's a lot of people who actually, like I'd say, people will listen to this interview who... Um, who have done like us, like gone into ceremony and are integrating that back. And then there's people who haven't yet gotten on the ceremony path. Maybe they're just starting to get sober or they're just really drawn to native people, but they never studied about um, ways of prayer and ways of heart teachings, you know? 
And can you speak to some of your beloveds of your generation and mm. maybe even people that might be older that are just starting on the path of how to prepare for a life of ceremony and prayer? Because you and I live it and we live it in our own unique way as we all will. But there's some people who aren't yet living that and they kind of, they taste it and they don't even know, like we probably don't even know exactly what we're doing or what we're going for, but we have a sense <laughs> You know, keeping our feet on the ground and keeping our hearts open, which I think is kind of really basically all. It's like, if I know that, okay, I'm sane. But um, how they can prepare to walk a spiritual path. Can you speak about that a little bit, darling? Yes. So this life is the ceremony. This life is the spiritual path. The whole, mm. from the beginning, the being born to dying, we're in a bardo. We're in the middle point of the beginning and the ending, right? And so mm. through that experience, what do you do on the way to heaven? <laughs> you know, mm. And um, whether people realize it or not, like inevitably, we're all part of the seven generational prophecy. We're all part of the shift that is happening on Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. And whether we're aware of it or not, uh, we are following our intuition on some level. Uh, the awareness is what is differs from us, mm-hmm. like the spiritual people or the people on the spiritual path, you know, the, the, the integration of awareness within the bodily vessel and being like understanding. But maybe sometimes we don't need to understand everything. We just allow it to come. and. For the people my age who are just, you know, coming on um, into themselves and being aware of their own mana, of their own medicine, I say thank you for taking the journey just to be here on this planet, for hearing the cry of our mother. And thank you for understanding that you are worthy. You are worthy of the, the beautiful aspect of duality that not that is pushed like is not pushed enough in our society that is not received enough um because there is that agenda right of uh, control of death yeah um because if we understand that death is an illusion we could live every day like we've already died and in that way we know that we've already died because it's not our first time on this playground yeah. But with that, letting go comes easy and, and understanding that we're, we're here to maybe just create and maybe just experience and enjoy. And that is like the foundation of why we're here. When we have joy, when we step into the sacred responsibility of honoring ourselves, of loving ourselves, of receiving the love that lives inside of us, that lives in the earthly elements that live inside of us, mm-hmm. then we can magnify and cultivate that same love into mother or soil and when we walk when we walk on the planet we could see that being integrated and so to everyone we are worthy we yeah, are the worthy. worthy worthiness yeah let's talk a little bit about that worthiness because I'm glad that you landed on that. That's what I was. That's what I was, I was dwelling on as you're talking about the integration and all the all the medicine that comes from that. One thing we didn't talk about that I want to make sure that we cover is this piece about emotional healing that's in your book, and 
when I think of that thought, it's such a healing thought. You are worthy to learn, to grow, to connect with your birthright, to, to understand and be in the love and the creative process on the sacred planet as an extraterrestrial being that you are, right? So like what happens when I hear that in my body, it's almost a, it's a little bit of a healing. Like I can feel the power of the thought that you're worthy and how that can wash out the thoughts that you're not. Mm -hmm. I akin this to like, having an amazing talk with a best friend who like you, you've been, you've been grieving or having a hard time and you just weep because you're being seen and held and it's safe to cry. And you just, you feel a healing from that because you're being loved in that moment. Mm. Like that worthiness. I can that right. When I hear that, like, Oh, like you're worthy of being on this spiritual, of having spiritual community, of being in community of people that are kind, that want what's best for you, that are safe that want you to be happy, that are not competing with you or dominating you, trying to control you. And that that allows an opening to be able to stand tall and step forward to receive teachings even. I just, I wanted to just translate that in my own words because I feel like that's, freaking huge. I feel like that's huge. <laughs> because I know my journey started with many years of weeping at my altar in prayer. And it happens still sometimes. You know, like that emotional healing is crucial for being able to open the heart and to integrate. And and one more question so what is a seventh generation prophecy? I know about seven gen. I would put it in certain words, but you wrote the book on it. So if you could <laughs> share for our people, what is the seventh generation? You wrote a whole book on it, but if you can make it succinct um, in your words, what is the prophecy? The prophecy is a change inevitably coming back to earth that involves all races, all genders, all walks of life. Uh, it is originally actually from the natives of Turtle Island. And this prophecy speaks about the discipleship of the earth way. Yes. Yay. <laughs> I love it. I love I love these teachings. We want to make this a digestible interview. We'll have to do this again later in the year. We'll have to talk again. Can we do that? Let's talk again. Yes. Yes. Yes, we can do it. So um, thank you so much for joining me today. I love you so deeply and I love your messaging. And this is just the beginning. And I can't wait to see how our futures unfold in beautiful service together um, on this planet in the coming, in the years to come when people are really hungry for, for healing, for love and awakening and truth. Any final words you want to share with our audience? The sacred waters within you are singing a song. The sacred waters are singing a song. And it is our choice 
if we listen. How can we follow up with you? Um, where can people buy the book, my love? I have a link for Lulu. Right now it's only ebook. I'm working on getting it um, in the physical copy. It is in the physical copy, if you know me personally. But um, right now for other people to buy it, it is on ebook available. Um, and I also have a um, social media if you want to stay connected. Um, Sierra, S-I-E-R-R-A dot a Paniwa, which is A P A N um, I I W A 22. Um, and this is my username for Instagram. My, my name's Sierra Paniwa Felicidad on Facebook. And yeah, just connect if you feel that we're all going through a process. So it's important to continue to stay communi- um, communicating to our loved ones and connected to people with the same heart vibration. So thank you for having me. Mm, Thank you. uh Awesome. And we will post those links below so people can find you on Insta. Yeah, we'll (laughs) post below the Instagram and um, feel free to comment. Let us know um, what you think of this interview. And thank you so much, darling. It's It's been a pleasure to have you today. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to today's episode, and I sure hope you did, you can listen to Awaken Life Radio wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. To join the conversation, hop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Awakened Life Tribe. You can join us there and share any thoughts feelings, insights, or questions that you have from listening to Awaken Life Radio, and we can interact and connect more. Also, in order to support you in your manifesting journey, you can now access 12 manifesting affirmations, a free gift available now on my website at narayanigaya.com forward slash free dash gift. Thank you so much. I look forward to connecting with you more. Namaste.